Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to WCW Retro. This is your interim host, Howard Morgan, filling in for Papa Stroh um, as he continues to recover. Just continue to pray for him and, you know, pray for his, you know, the a little bit of a long road that he may have ahead of him in recovery. He's doing well. He's getting better um, each and every day. Um, he's you know, trying to recover physically and um, just to, you know, get over, you know, the illness that he had. You know, Stro, you know, we do miss you, brother. Um, again, as I say, almost each and every week that you know, I'm only here keeping the the seat warm until you get back, brother, and, you know, and, you know, hope you're, you know, can get back here as soon as possible, as soon as you're ready. Um, but again, continue to pray for him. Stroh, take your time, do what the doctors tell you to do, um, and get better. Um, so tonight, if you want to call in and participate, the number is 914-338-1885. And tonight we'll be talking um, a little bit about everything, um, a little bit going on in the world of professional wrestling. Um, the WWE roster had some cuts made to it today. It looks like it's going to probably be, at least in my opinion, um, Probably the, the the first of many many layoffs or releases or firings or, or, or whatever the WWE calls it nowadays. Um, some names on there that I was you know a little bit shocked about. Some that were you know honestly I forgot they were even on the roster. Um, when we were talking out, we talked a little bit about the the merger with the UFC and and you know how how would that affect the the wrestling landscape. Um, we talk about any of the, the events that we see over the weekend or during the week um, and talk maybe a little bit about um, what we were supposed to talk about last week, but unfortunately with my traveling and stuff, you know, I was unable to get on the air. Um, you know, those who had the, the biggest impact um, in pro wrestling, whether it be a promoter, whether it be, you know, a wrestler, um, and, you know, I would even go far, go as far as to say, you know, a celebrity um, that may have had a, a special wrestling. Um, there are a couple of celebrities, at least in my opinion, that kind of changed the landscape, you know, of pro wrestling. Um, you know, maybe not as much as a promoter or a wrestler did, but they certainly have left their mark um, in the world of professional wrestling. Um we're going to jump right into it and uh, going to take uh, this call. Rad Boy, what's going on, buddy? Lousy, lousy. What do you want to talk about? There's a lot of news around, you know? There's, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I don't want to say we were we were struggling for content. You know, um, of course, you know, I, I, we did miss last week, and I do apologize again for that. But then it seems like this week, you know, there is, you know, uh, you know, a, a ton to talk about. You know, there, there's a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling. You know, I I mentioned earlier, you know, at the top of the program, you know, the roster cuts. Some I was surprised by. Um, some, yeah, I'm like surprised. I said, I, actually, as we're speaking, I'm, I'm looking at the list. 
I'm looking at the list. I'm, okay. I'm surprised. Okay. Which one surprised Emma, you the most? Uh, Emma, okay. The one that shocked me was Doug Ziegler. Yeah, that that was my, um, you know, my my shock was, you know, I mean, he's been around a long time. I thought he was that going one, to be, you and, know. Um, yeah, and, and Dana Brooks. I didn't see that on the on the list. They they released her. Yep. Oh wow. Mate Ali, Rick Foose, yeah. Emma, Alive. Yeah, yeah, Rick Foose, I, I, right. yeah, I forgot. Sean Benjamin, Sean Benjamin, right. and, and Top Dollar. Shaky. Top Dollar, I'm not surprised with. Shaky. You know, oh, wow. Yeah, but I... I think because is, I, I think I know what they're doing, okay? Like I said all the time, okay. and it's been happening, okay? Once they release all these people, you know somebody brand new is going to come in. Well, who, who's, your, who's your brand new that's coming in? Who, what do you got? What are you thinking? I'm thinking about one person, okay? Okay, who's that? You're going to hate me when I say this. Go Everybody's going to hate me. Everybody's going to hate me when I Listen, say this. Listen, they can't this, hate okay? you more than they already hate you, so go ahead. I don't care. I, I, I can turn the bad guy right now with CM Punk, okay? He's coming back. Wow. I, I, I thought that's where you were going. I was hoping maybe you would have a moment of clarity and change your mind. <laughs> maybe... maybe um, I mean, I mean, it makes and, sense. Don't get me wrong; it makes sense, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. And plus, um, plus, um, what's her name? Uh, Jay. Jed, whatever her name, her name is from AEW. Oh, uh, Jaden Cargill. Yes, because I, I see what they're going to go with her. Okay, she's going to join the Street Profit. Okay, with Lashley. And plus, Bianca Belair. She's going to be the fifth Why, member. You think they're both joining, huh? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I. And if you look at it, right? Jed and um, and Bianca Belair might go for the tag team belt of the females. Think about okay. that one. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought about that. Yeah, you know, read in between the lines, my man. Like I've been telling everybody, watch their actions. Yeah, though she, she, you know, I'm reading now. She's, she's, uh, she was reporting to the performance center on September 18th. She'll be there 18th until tomorrow, it looks like, and then she's actually she is signed to the main roster. Yep. That's why they're releasing all these people. That's why they're all releasing all these people now. I, I, I was hoping they were releasing all these people so Raw would go back to two hours instead of three. <laughs> oh, come on now. 
I just say uh, three hours is a lot on a Monday. <laughs> just think, well, I, I wouldn't have, and, and and you've heard me talk about. It. I just my my problem isn't so much with the length; it's it's the lack of you know wrestling, actual wrestling that goes on, you know, during a three-hour program, and you only have like five matches during the whole night. I just you know I I think there's you know there's too much fluff in there, and I get it. You need to run the promos. You need to do you know to, to mm-hmm. add to the storyline. And to further the story, but there's no reason why you know uh, you know Seth Rollins or Cody Rhodes or somebody has to come out in the beginning of, of a Raw, for instance, and cut a 20 minute promo. I mean, it, it should be under five minutes. You know, say what you got to say because I think less is more. Say what you got to say. Leave, throw a match in there. Even bring back you know the the old fashioned squash matches. You know, bring in a local talent, get him some exposure on TV. Um, and, um, you know, just, you know, have more, more wrestling rather than talking. Right. Right. Let me put this out out there right now. Let me just put this out there right now. All right. I know the WWE headquarters listening. Those writers, wannabe writers, you want more wrestling. You don't want no more of this talking. That's right, because we 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 know we know we know Vinnie Mac and Triple H are I'm far as people while they're talking. Come on, I want to see some action. You right. know, right? And you know, you know they're listening because what else are they doing on the Thursday night but listening to this podcast? So listen, right. Triple H, listen to Rat Boy and I, man. Put some more action out there. Put some more matches in a, in a Raw and. And if they you know, can't, if they can't find a writer, if they can, put it this way, if they can't find a writer, come and get me. I'm going to write the whole show, all right? And I'm going to get the fans what they want. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. We need to be people of action. That's we, right. We need to get this done. I'm the yeah. rat of the action, you know? Rat action. <laughs> we want to do it. Everybody yeah, vote but, for okay. me. Rat action coming to WWE to write one show. If you like me, keep me. If you don't like it, then get rid of me. One chance. It can't be any worse than what they're putting out now, right? I mean, how bad can we actually do? Right. Lousy matches. Come on. Yeah, I, you know, I, but I think this is, we're probably going to see probably another, probably two or three waves of, of these releases, I don't know who else you know would be on there, but I, I definitely think they're you know they're slimming the roster down, they're they're trimming the, the you know the fat if you will, and you know trying I think they're trying to get the you know the roster down because um, you know I heard um, that they were they laid off they actually released or fired or whatever you want to call it um, office personnel as well, and I don't have a count on that. I don't know if it was one person or a hundred people. I don't know, but I did hear, you know, you know, rumors and stuff on, on the internet, and you can take that for what it's worth, that, you know, it wasn't only talent that was released, it was actually front office people that were released as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think this is the first wave of, you know, more roster cuts coming. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can I see just, it now, because, because if you look at it, okay, we got John Cena came back. He wants money. He's a top dollar guy there. Just like The Rock. Top dollar. 
They want the money. That's why they're cutting all these people. Now, now CM Punk might show up, okay? More money. They got a couple more people. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, you know, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, if if they're looking to sign a, you know, a, a big name, you know, they would, not that they would, you know, necessarily need to free up money, but, you know, they would want to have some money available to, um, to do this, you know, and what better way than release some of the talent that hasn't really been on TV? You know, I don't know the last time mm-hmm. I saw that. And, and, and plus, and plus, if you look at it, okay, five year deal. Deal with USA SmackDown's going to going going to USA now. Yeah, I I heard that. Um, well, I saw a, a a clip on on the internet about that. You know that happened in, in um, 2024 that everything is moving to you know to the USA Network. That means we'll see how that's more shit. money. That's more money there. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like I said, I think this is just That's the tip of the iceberg. Right. This, I, I think I can probably most of the stars in now, okay, so they can stay around for SmackDown. And what? SmackDown might go for three hours. Oh, God, I hope not. I hope not. It might happen. It might happen. Well, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I think I... And I'm only guessing here. I'm only throwing out a number, but I'd probably see another 15 or 20, you know, um, wrestlers being released from their from their contracts before this is all over. Maybe that's maybe mm-hmm. that's a big number, but I say at least another 15 or 20. We probably got another two rounds of this where they're going to release probably eight or nine more. The next round probably in the next week or two, and then eight or nine more or so after that. And I think probably by the end of October, that'll be the end of, you know, the talent releases. Um, and, you know, I think they'll, um, you know, be, be done with it at that point. I don't know how many other people in the front office, you know, or office personnel were, will be going. A little a little surprised about um, Shelton Benjamin. I know he was a backstage producer, um, you know, yeah. and, you know, helping some younger talent. So and that one that one shocked me a little bit. Because I think Shelton, well, I mean, Benjamin and Ziggler are good talents to have around for the younger guys. Right, but I, you know, right. Benjamin was going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, the other guys, Mustafa, you know, Madcap Moss, you know, really, when's the last time that they really did anything really of, of any substance in on WWE television? It, it's been a little bit. Yeah, but Dana Brooks, come on. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Let me see. She's on the list. Oh yeah, there it is. Yahoo, four hours ago. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, she wasn't on the, on the press release that I, that I was reading, but I just I just pulled it up now, and yeah, she's she's gone. Uh huh. Okay, and you heard first right here on a VOC <laughs> Nation on a show show. That's right. I broke the news. You just look, see? <laughs> the former members of Maximum Male Models, Mansour and Mace, have been released? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. So, yeah, you know? 
There's, there's a couple people that got always wrestling, you know, but they're, they're going now. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's like I said, it's growing. It's This is just the first, the first wave. I think, you know, I think there's going to be several more, you know, and I don't know what direction TKO is, is taking it. Again, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see how after all of this, really, who is still in charge and who, you know, who will be doing this, right. the, the television production, um, you know, and just to see kind of, you know, who's left after all the fallout. Mm-hmm. So. But I'll tell you what, happy, I think a half of these people are going to go to AEW real quick. Why can see. Uh, yeah, wow. I mean, it just, it feels weird for some of these old timers. And I say old timers, we're not that old, but, you know, I, I just, and again, I mean, you know, with, with Jericho being there and, and a lot of the, the other WW, former WWE superstars there, it just feels weird. Mm-hmm. Like if Edge were to go there or Dolph Ziggler were to show up there, you know, it just, it would just feel weird or, or, or out of place. You yeah. know, it just, to me, yep. seems a little off. But listen, this yep. is the world of professional wrestling, so you can never say never. Okay. Anyway, no, I, like me, I never say no, never. <laughs> Ty Murray, I you hope know, you're but, listening. I'm ready for you anytime, anywhere, any place. <laughs> but yeah, if you want, if you want to call in and join the discussion, number is nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. We'll get to a couple of callers here in a minute. Um, just hang tight with us, you know, and, and we'll get to your calls. But again, we're you know we're talking roster cuts, we're talking, um, you know, the any the events that you saw, and I I missed some of the AEW events, um, so I'm not up to date on that. I still got a little bit of wrestling to watch. Um, I didn't watch all of Raw on Monday night. Did you catch um, Raw on Monday night, Rathboy? Yes, I did. How, how overall? How how was the show? I mean, was it was it better than it's been? About the same? Um, I said, oh man, that's a tough question. I'm going to say it's a little over the same. Okay, with with uh, Anaya Jacks coming back, you know, right. You know, yeah, I think I just, that's the I, only only good part right there. Anaya Jax comes out. Okay. Yeah, and I you All know right. I I kind of like what they're doing with her. I like that they're kind of um, you know, playing on the the I guess the rumor or or the story that you know she's kind of reckless or she's kind of dangerous. Um, yes. You know, I, I do like it. I think that you know that she's kind of demolishing everybody. Until she establishes which way her character is going, we're still kind of up in the air. Um, and I'm going to tell you, you know, one I, thing, okay? I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. one thing, okay? I'm going to uh, put this on paper, everybody, okay? Write it down on your calendar. WrestleMania, and Nia Jax is going to win the Women's Battle Royal, and she's going to go against. You know, Ribby Ripley. Yeah, you think they're going to well, I guess I guess it would make sense in the wait till WrestleMania because it's yep. already September, October, November, December, January, very much. You got six months to really yep. tell a story between, you know, yep. Nia Jax and 
you know, the the argument could be made from Rhea Ripley's side, you know, to avoid her that, you know, she she just came back and, you know, she needs to earn her way, you know, to a title shot, which could take a couple of months, um, you know, and, and really build this. They got a nice story to tell over six months if, you know, if they do it right. If they take their time. Right. If mm-hmm. they keep them apart, you know, don't really let them get into too many altercations. Have it come close. But, you know, build build that tension um, between Nia yeah, and... Build her up. Send her to SmackDown. Let, 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 let her smack those uh, females around there, too, you know? Let her right, be yeah, the number she, one person, you know, at the Royal right, Rumble. She, right. She could, she could take out, um, you know, all of the, you know, the quote-unquote contenders to Rhea Ripley's title, so she's got no choice but to face her, you know, and, and that could, you know really conceivably takes six months to do before, before she runs, you know, runs the, the gauntlet through all, you know, all of the women on the roster and doing it, you know, a, you know, a couple yep. of times, you know, maybe go through the roster twice before, you know, her and Ripley, you know, tangle and, um, and face off for the, you know, for the women's title. And I tell you what, you know, the I, Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble, I bet you Nia Jax is going to be the first one in that ring, the first one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You think she'll go all the way? She will go all the way. Wow. Okay. Wow. Well, that, you, would, that, that, that would be the best way to set up for WrestleMania. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Uh, you know, I definitely, uh, you know, definitely has. We've uh, been Ripley done it all the way, right? Right. Now yeah, you're gonna right. Get in that, now they're going to get an to do the same thing. Yeah, now you can compare, you know, accomplishments and, you know, the last accomplishment that Nia would have to have is to knock off Rhea Ripley. You know, she's done yep. she's done all of this other stuff. And, yep. you know, the, the last thing on her list is, um, um, you know, knocking off Rhea Ripley. Yep. So, yeah, that, that, and, and, that, and again, if they take their time with this and, and – and, and do it right. That that is a that is a great story to tell. That's a an interesting story to tell. Um, you know, and again, depending on who's involved, who um, you know, who's who's I guess who who's producing that segment. You know, that, that they could get some mileage out of this. They could get um, you know, a good six months, you know, out of this and build it towards a really really good WrestleMania match. Yeah, but that you know, would be again, a good and we'll see. You know, and we just got to keep our eye out on, um, you know, the the next. Uh, oh, here we go. It says less than a week after WWE laid off a hundred employees. So last week, about wow. the time last week, they laid off hundred employees, and then they started releasing talent today. Wow! Wow! Whew. So just a few weeks into 
the TKO or UFC WWE merger, they're they're laying off you know wholesale almost. Wow, Dana Brooks, I'm surprised about. I really am. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think too. he was going anywhere. Yeah, well, but she, her, she did see, help out. She did help out a lot of people, though. Training yeah, no, I, and I, yeah, she's one of the ones I could see in AEW. I could see her kind of jumping ship. Yeah, um, me too. And, and joining AEW, and I, you know, it's not that I couldn't see the, you know, Ziggler or even Shelton Benjamin or any of those others that were let go doing it, but it would, it, it would just feel weird. It would feel kind of off, kind of like you know when. Um, you know, Tom Brady went from the Patriots to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It just felt weird to see Tom Brady in another uniform. It would feel mm-hmm. weird to see Dolph Ziggler on another on another program. You know, when he's been a fixture for WWE for you know for a long time. You know, and again, he you know he had a yeah. lot to lot a lot to to pass on other people. Maybe he'll do that for for AEW. <coughs> you know, I'm. You know, I, I don't know. But, again, yeah, I think this is the, the first of many, many layoffs um, or furloughs or releases, whatever you want to call it, for WWE. Um, but switching gears a little bit, I know we were supposed to talk last week about, um, you know, wrestlers or, you know, promoters or whoever that had a, um, an impact on, you know, pro wrestling or big impact on, Pro wrestling. Um, what are your thoughts on who um, who had the biggest impact? And we could say overall, we could you know pick a decade and say you know I, I think it was this person and and why? Okay. What, what do you what do you for, have there? For sure, for sure. Okay, it's got to be you know right now. Okay, it's got to be Bray Wyatt. No other. You think he had the, 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 the biggest impact? Yep. Of this uh, yeah, generation yeah, you, here. yeah, yeah, well, you know, on, on on this generation, yeah, I would say that um you know, he he had, you know, a a big impact um on pro wrestling and you know that that's you know, that's not without, you know, trying not to name the obvious, which I mean we'll get to a little bit later, but yeah, I think um you know, Bray had had a big impact on um, on this generation um, of, you know, younger stars, um, you know, and and just, the, you know, this era's, um, you know, wrestling fan. I think he was very relatable. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he was, you know, one of the top performers, you know, you know, even with his long, you yep. know, layoff and, and, and absence and, and things like that, yeah. I mean, he did, he did have, you know, a a huge impact, you know, because this, you know, we're still, we're still talking about it, you know, to this day, you know, and he's right. only thirty six years old. Um, so yeah, I think he had, you know, a a tremendous impact on on the sport, you know. And again, uh-huh. he's, you know, sort of going to be, but I have one that goes kind of goes a, a little way back and has some ties to this program. I mean, it was the early days of, you know, television, you know, with, with pro wrestling, not early days of television per se, but the early days of pro wrestling on television. That's none other than Gorgeous George. 
um, yeah. you know, yeah. there, there was nobody, nobody liked him. Um, you know, his persona, the way he carried himself with the, you know, spraying the perfume. And, and, and wait a minute, and, wait a minute. Ain't that the show's uh, uncle, dad, or whatever that he is? Great, great, yeah, great uncle, I believe, yes. That's why I said great he has uncle. ties to the show. He is related yeah. to, to the show. Um, but, you know, the way he came out to, um, you know, which would later be, you know, Randy Savage's music, but he came out the pomp and circumstance before it was, you know, Randy Savage's music. And just his, you know, just her, his, his charisma that he had. And, you know, again, on the the early days of um, pro wrestling, you know, he, he was flamboyant. He was very, very easy to hate, very easy to boo, and kind of really changed the the art, I'll say, of, of pro wrestling and really started to introduce, you know, characters in, into the sport. And I believe that, you know, he, yeah. you know he's one of them yeah. characters that, at least the generation that I watched, you know, and, and you were about the same age, you know, the Dustin Rhodes, the, the Billy Grahams and all those, you know, know who Gorgeous George was and, you know, watched his work and, and watched his in-ring ability and say what you want about him, you know, Gorgeous George was, you know, was one of the toughest guys, you know, in the business, you know, at his time and would give anybody, you know, a, a run for his money. Absolutely. There's, there's one thing about that guy, okay? Gorgeous George, okay? I'm always thinking about Gorgeous George is, is uh, I, I don't know how it came about, okay? You remember the band Twisted Sister? Dean yes. uh it looks like him once in a while. Yeah, no, but, you, you know, in, it, it's a shame because there's not a lot of, you know. With the makeup. Um, with the makeup, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and you didn't really get a, a a true sense for his character because a lot of his matches were still in black and white. Um, yeah. You know, and you couldn't really see, you know, he had kind of like the, when Adrian Adonis changed to adorable Adrian Adonis. Um, right, yep, you know, yep. That I kind of that too. Yeah, and, you know, he would spray the perfume and, you know, he would have his robe taken off. Um, but, you know, again, it was the early days of of television, and as, as pro wrestling was, you know, starting to gain a little traction in popularity and became less of, you know, a taboo sport where it was actually kind of cool to, um, to watch see, it on television. I, see, I never saw him wrestle, but I saw pictures of him, you know? That's right. all I have to say. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I've never seen, I've only seen things on, like, YouTube or, um, and I think, you know. I, and I think, uh, you know, Twisted Sister got the gimmick off of him, putting all this makeup on so they could be a rock band. They, listen, they, they, there may not be, you know, that it may not be far from the truth. I think, you know, that there's there's a lot of people that were, you know, influenced not only in in the, you know, the pro the pro wrestling world, but you know, the the um, um, mainstream world. I'll say. I, I'm sorry, I was a loss for words. Um, you know, the mainstream kind of of wrestling, you know, or, or mainstream kind of television was influenced a lot with. Gorgeous George and, you know, and the, the things that he, that he had done, 
Um, and yeah. again, you know, I think he was, you know, decades ahead of, you know, ahead of the curve on that one. Um, you know, um, you, there could be an argument made that, you know, if it wasn't for Gorgeous George, and you know, and then we'll we'll move on. But if it wasn't for him, that the the televised pro wrestling not have might not have become, you know, as successful as as, as it is now. I mean, he had a lot to do with bringing that to like the prime time wrestling and people gathering around the TV and, and, and watching it was because they wanted to see him. And, you know, he was a good draw. He made money pretty much everywhere he went. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he just, it, just an incredible talent, you know, without a doubt, you know, absolutely, uh, I, I but, you know. There, there's another person I'm thinking of. Okay. Jesse, the body Ventura. Yes. Oh, I got I got um Steve sending me a, a a message that you might not be far off um Rat Boy because he's telling me that um Dolph Ziggler's brother is in AEW. Steve, thanks for that information. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um is he is he on the on the phone lines? No, nah, uh hold on, no, I was actually on my internet page. No, he's not. Um, if you can call okay. back in, you can call back in if you can hear me, if you're able. Um, and he also said that it looks like Muhammad Ali and Bob Dylan were um, gorgeous George fans. Hold on, let's wait for him here. Hold on, Rat Boy. Let's go. Come on. Steve, is that you? No. Oh, Cora, oh, what's going on, girl? Cora. Hey, what's up? Hi, Cora. What's going on? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that this person has been caught. Um, this guy was in prison and um he is he they took him to the hospital yesterday and he escaped this morning at four thirty and he was a sex offender. And he was in my area earlier today, like twice, and like thirty minutes later they found him in Shrewsbury and Washington Road today. Oh, wow. So they, they did catch him? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, it was really, really bad day today. I had to lock both of my doors from top to bottom. Wow. Helicopters, cops everywhere, city, county, north city, everywhere. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah here in scary. Jersey, here in Jersey, we got a bad day here in Jersey because uh, it's snowing here. Hmm. <laughs> Why is it snowing here, man? Come on. It's like 70 degrees out. It's still nice snow. snow. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> I got a good there, I? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was just supposed to call him off work tomorrow. But I had to Why? think about it first, you know? Why, hey, why are you calling out? I got a question for you. I got a question yeah. for you, Tor. Uh-huh. If I, if I host a big party in Tampa, Florida... Yeah, you know, at the Royal Rumble, would you come? 
Whoa, here we go. Okay. Here we go. All right. Here we go. I'll be down here the whole week. Royal Rumble with Rat Boy. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. But but but, but, nice. but you got you got to make sure you got you, you have to bring those big uh, arches with you from from, from your uh, state. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's go. go. And so we can set them up right right there in front of the building that we were partying at. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Rival, who, who's, who's ne- who do you got on on your list? Who do you think is um? All right, let me I'm going to say the eighties. Okay. Okay. No other than Hulk Hogan. Hmm. Yeah, it, it'd be hard to hard to combat anything, you know, in in the 80s without mentioning Hulk Hogan and the impact that he had. <clears throat> and, you know, and I think Vince McMahon gets a, a – I don't want to say too much credit for that, but, I mean, Vince McMahon did, did it right. He commercialized Hulk Hogan right. I mean, you got to remember, the, the AWA had him, and they kind of floundered that opportunity. Um, and I think, you know, given who Hulk Hogan was in the 80s, I think he probably would have made it almost anywhere. Um it with you know yeah, with the showmanship. I, I, I think I think he done Rocky. You know what shiny he dropped right. in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That that kind of, know, that's and, why everybody had a big impact on him. Right. No, yeah. It was all it's all about timing and and kind of where he went and you know, when he went. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it, you know, I think through the 80s and, you know, from I don't know, what, 1984, you know, through, you know, at least the, the early 90s, I mean, he had, you know, a, a major impact, you know, on, on the world of professional wrestling. You look at all he did, not only, you know, in wrestling, but, you know, outside it as well. All the, the TV that he did, all of the, um, you know, the commercials that he did, the talk shows he was on, the exposure that – um you know, that he gave the business, you know, you know, was huge. Um, yeah. You know, and, and Vince McMahon profited, you know, and I mean, they both did, but Mr. McMahon profited, you know, huge on that, um, you know, and um, just, you know, just the, the, again, pushing it kind of like Gordon George did in, the, you know, um, early with television, you know, with the with the invention of, of cable television, Hulk Hogan pushed it even thir- further down the line and made it even more mainstream and, and made it more cool to be, you know, a fan of professional wrestling. You know, and, you know, again, you know, right along with that, you know, with Vince McMahon, you know, make going nationally with his with his territory or his dad's territory when, when he bought it, you know, gobbling up the, the smaller promotions – and, and making that big push in the 80s that he did, um, you know, really revolutionized the business. Um, and even along with that, you know, I, w- I would have to say that, you know, um, even in the 80s, um, I think Bill Watts out of Mid-South, you know, had had a big impact on on pro wrestling. I think he had a heck of a promotion. Um, 
again, lost his talent because, you know, he didn't have the, the, the deep pockets that Vince McMahon did. But if you look at all of the, the stars that came out of Mid-South that went on to be bigger stars, you know, in New York, you know, and, and down even down in Atlanta, you know, you have Hacksaw Duggan or as Bill Watts would say, Hacksaw Dugan. Um, you had, you know, mm-hmm. Junkyard Dog, Yossi, Kevin Taylor, you know, Magnum T.A., um, you know, all of those guys were, you know, were Mid-South guys, and, you know, they, they, they made it Wait, big. You left one guy out. Okay. Actually, two guys. Okay. Ted Gibiashi is one of them. No, I thought I said Ted Gibiashi, but I didn't. I'm sorry. I thought I did. And plus, yeah. no other than Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, Rod. I mean, Roddy started. In fact, I I watched um, I watched um, Tony Schiavone and um, Conrad Thompson. They watched uh, an old episode of Portland Wrestling, which is where Piper kind of cut his teeth. Was up in Portland and up in Canada and in that area, um, you know, um, and just. The the lack of production value on this show it was was dreadful, um, you know, and it was just horrible. They 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 announced their upcoming matches on a sandwich board, like you would see at a deli or something, and they would just pan the camera over to the board and say, "On oh, Monday we're here, Tuesday we're here." There was no graphics <laughs> on the screen. They had live live commercials in the studio selling automobiles. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they. But I mean, but you had, you know, out of Portland, you know, you had Buddy Landell, you had Rocky Johnson up there at, at that time. You had a very young, um, Brett Sawyer up there. Rick Flair happened to be on the program that night. You know, and Don Owens was was big there. Um, but yeah, that I, I watched that and I'm like, oh my gosh, that you know that, and you could see. Where, where the WWE at the same time was putting money into the, the production value where other other promotions were putting money into their talent trying to do a TV program. And there, there's something to be said about producing a TV show correctly and getting it to look good on television along with having the talent to do it, um, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to do that, um, you know, and – and, you know, have that, that ability to keep people wanting to watch it. Um, you know, so, yeah, you know, I think Hulk Hogan, it, it was, was definitely a, a big um, big contender. Um, and, and, you know, and he's working right now. I don't, I don't know that he'll be calling in, but he is kind of keeping up with the program, listening. Um, and, you know, okay. he brings up, you know, Dusty Rhodes um, and the impact that Dusty Rhodes had on – you know, yes. not only you know, oh, the, the Florida oh, area. Oh, going to say him. Yeah, and, you and know, and Terry the, Funk. Um, Terry yeah, Funk. Yeah, Terry Funk. Um, you know, Dusty Rhodes, you know, contribution to, to the WWE after his, his wrestling was over with what he did for NXT and, and Florida Championship Wrestling before that. Um, just huge on, on you know, on these talents, and he he kind of developed Seth Rollins into into who he is, um, you know, as as a performer. And you know, Seth Rollins will, you know, will, will talk at length about what Dusty Rhodes did for him, and you know how he was able to 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 make him the the, the performer that he is today. 
Um, and I was I was listening on I was driving home from Lynchburg, Virginia yesterday, and um, listening to a, a podcast with Jim Cornette, and he was talking about and this this is Steve's next point is the time that he spent in Memphis wrestling with um, Jerry Jarrett or yes Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler, um, and just what Memphis you know a little promotion that really operated mainly in and around you know Memphis Tennessee and, and Louisville Kentucky. Um, and that little area and the, the impact that it had on televised wrestling, um, you know, there was an angle, and I could have the the performers wrong, but I think it was Jerry Lawler that was run over with a car um, that happened on live television or, or happened on television. I don't know if it was live at the time, and people were calling the police saying that, that some guy was just run down in the parking lot. And, you know, they said they had they, they showed up the same people that were calling in, and everybody saw it showed up the the next week for the next taping or or the next show with with guns and bats and everything ready ready to do some damage because you just run over Jerry Lawler because they, they they went nuts, you know, and and we know what what Lawler did with um, Andy Kaufman. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, that was, um, you know, a very impactful. Um, and let me take this call, Rappel. Hold on one second. Let me see. Hello, you're on WCW Retro. How are you? Calling in from Florida. You know, I'm a first-time listener, and I just want to ask, um, what's the appeal of uh, WWE, you know? I am a very, very big martial arts fan. I love martial arts, and I, I respect Brock Lesnar for what he's done in the UFC. Uh, I'm just not very uh, understanding to the appeal. I, I hear you guys talking about performers and, you know, what they do, and I'm very interested. And uh, uh, I'd just like to, for you to explain to me the fundamentals of pro wrestling. Um, I, you're talking about, is like, the general appeal, I think, to the people. Is that what you're asking? Right. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's, to, to me, and, and I've described it, and, and maybe I'm describing it maybe just in my own experiences, but it, I think it's kind of more, more like a soap opera for, for men. You know, there, there, there's a story to be told, and, you know, you have two guys that are, are telling a story, whether, it, whether it's in the ring or if it's while they're, while they're cutting a promo, while they're, while they're talking about an upcoming match. Um, and, you know, I, I think the appeal is – these larger-than-life guys are are on television, you know, doing things that, that most of us that are watching it probably couldn't do. And, you know, there, there's there's always the good guy and the bad guy. And, you know, sometimes the good guy doesn't always win, but you can rest assured that the bad guy will always cheat. Um, and it's just, you know, an, an interesting story that, that is told, you know, um, in, you know in, in a program or, you know, during a, a, a pay-per-view or – or something like that, and you know they 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 blur the lines a little bit more now, you know with with you know reality and and fiction, but you know it's still you know it, it's interesting programming. Um, I think you know, when I grew up watching it in the '80s, it seemed you know, and no disrespect to anybody out there that's doing it, but it seemed a little more realistic, you know, through the late '70s when I was watching it through the '80s. Um, and honestly, there was more competition back then. There was more smaller promotions to watch. Rather, now there's only really two or three big companies um, that get television time. 
and they've kind of monopolized the the area. And I think right now the the to me the 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 wrestling product is just too saturated in the market. It used to go for when I watched it to maybe three hours a week to wrestling to now there's probably 25 or 30 hours of wrestling. You can almost watch wrestling almost every night of the week, which yep. was unheard of when I was a kid. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess I understand. I was just about to ask, uh, you know, how do you think the, the, the broader scope of WWE and other wrestling companies are, you know, 2023 and present? But I guess you sort of answered that at the end. And I guess I'll definitely be, uh, you know, looking into some of the more respected greats of the sport. Yeah, no, and, you know, there there are a, a lot of greats that do. I mean, they do have a, a lot of, you know, I would say most of the, the guys that me and Rapway grew up with, um, um, you know, had amateur wrestling backgrounds. Um, they were collegiate wrestlers. They were – some were NCAA champions. Um, right. They were very good – you know, they were very good wrestlers. Um, and I told this story before. You know, I was listening to it. I, I mentioned – the Mid South promotion back in the in the eighties, um, Bill Watts, who ran that promotion, um, very good amateur wrestler, played football, um, and when he ran the promotion, if if a wrestler were to get into a bar fight with a a local in the town, if that wrestler happened to get his behind kick, he was fired. The next day when he came wow. to work, he didn't have a job anymore because you're supposed to be a tough guy. And, you know, you couldn't win a, a – what Bill Watts would say is a simple bar fight. So, you know, guys had to be – and I'm not saying they're not tough now, don't get me wrong, because, I mean, I think these guys have to be tough to do what they do. But back in the day, it was, it was very, very different. Um, and, you know, the rules were a little bit different. Like these, and most of the, the performers now are – they're still independent contractors. They work for themselves, although they're, they're tied to a – you know, a, a particular promotion that they work for. Um, but, yeah, back in the day, if you lost a bar fight, you lost your job. <laughs> yeah, wow. Uh, well, yeah, I so won't be looking, overlooking the storylines at this point. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. So, pleasure talking to you guys. Pleasure, man. And call back yep. anytime, brother. Absolutely. I'll be here. All Take right. Care. Yeah, and, and to me, wow. I mean. Wow, first been, time call. Oh, look, they're coming back. They're yeah. all coming back. Yeah, yeah. listen, you know, come back anytime. You know, you, the calls are always welcome. And I enjoy talking to new people and, you know, explaining why, you know, you know, why I love the sport and I've loved this since I was a kid. And and honestly, I have I didn't and watch it for a while. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Howard, Howard. And for that, I just called in playing on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. in the room with Freddie yeah. Hicks. He's a PWI writer. Okay. Yeah, you got to call, call back in on Tuesday nights and 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 talk to to Brady Hicks. You know, in the room. You know, we'll, we we'll be right back here Tuesday night at nine o'clock. Um, and you know, talking more wrestling. If you want to call back in, um, that would be great. But yeah, to me, it's just it's just a long, you know, episodic kind of kind of adventure that that these guys take us on. There's no, um, there's no off season. There's um. You know, there's there's no you know reruns that are shown every every week. It's a new program. You know, so every week you're you know you're you're getting a, a you know a brand new episode, if you will. And um, I tell you what, I tell you what, all year round we got wrestling. All these other sports take off, except for wrestling. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, there, there is no off season. Yeah, no, there, there is no off season. Nope. Hold on one second. 804, you're on WCW Retro. Yeah, hello. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm sorry. I got to write your area code down, man, so I, so I remember it. What's going on? Uh, I'm glad you got the call. Uh, I just had to reply to that call. Uh, can you repeat his question again to me? Because he was cutting out a little bit. He, he, he kind of knows, like, what, what is the appeal um, to, press, to pro wrestling? Like, what draws us, you know, to want to watch it? And he said that he was a big UFC guy and he knows who Brock Lesnar is. Um, but, you know, what draws you to watch professional wrestling each and every week or follow it each and every week? Because a lot of them can do martial arts already. It's like there's that appeal to it. Ken Shamrock, Bobby Lashley, Shane mm-hmm. Baszler, Matt Riddle, Nakamura. The list goes on and on. Um, it's, yeah, it's what it, I think Bray Wyatt was kind of like – the guy, if you if you want story, Bray Wyatt's that guy. If you want if you want MMA, you got Brock Lesnar. There's just a little bit of everything in it. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. There's a lot of disciplines. There's a lot of um, different talents. There's, there's a a, um, a lot of um, you know people that would you know that kind of make the show sexy to 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 people that are watching it. And there's, you know, there's and, acrobatics, and, too, with, like, uh, Phoenix, Ray Phoenix, and, El, uh, you know, the Luchadors. Like, they got the acrobatics. Kenny Omega can do a lot of that. Yeah. There's just a little yeah. bit of everything for everyone. Yeah, no, there is. There, and, again, yeah, you're right. There is something for everybody, you know, depending on what, on what you know, discipline you, you know, you want to, um, um, you know, are drawn to, you know, there it's definitely, you know, a – um, you know, an audience for everybody. You know, you, like you said, you can watch the martial artists. You can watch the the guys that are high flyers. You can watch guys that that can brawl. You you you, you watch guys that um, you know, that can wrestle, that can legitimately wrestle. You know, and yeah, but there's, you one know, thing, really, there's one thing that they ain't showing on TV no more. Okay, is a minute wrestling. <laughs> Midget wrestling match. I haven't seen a midget wrestling match in I don't know how long. I know. They should bring it back. <laughs> well, you, there is there is leagues and they do bar shows. You probably more likely see them at a bar show than anything. Yeah, that's it. We, we just had one here uh, a couple of weeks ago. Here in Hoover. Yeah, and, and that that was a uh, that well, was the big so attraction. You know, in in the eighties, you know, midget wrestling was an attraction on a lot of, you know, television and and house shows, you know, throughout the country. And then it, it, it gets it kind of died out and kind of made a little bit of mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a, a comeback, you know, with um, with Hornswoggle and those guys, but not, you know, not like it was, um, no. you know, through the through the, eight, the early eighties. I'll say, and I think it started to die out about eighty five, eighty six. Um, and then, you know, started to make a little bit of a comeback. Um, but, yeah, you know, maybe there's a place for midget wrestling, you know. And But, you know, I believe everything in, you know, in moderation. Um, but, you know, get, getting back to the to that first time call, yeah, and, I, and I apologize. I, I, didn't, I didn't ask his name, and I should have, and that's my fault. Um, but, again, you know, it's just telling a story and, and building a story and, 
and getting to that, you know, that, that kind of climactic end to a feud and, you know, moving on to the next one. You know, you build it to that arc and, and you know, and then it moves on and then, you know, it builds to another one, you know, with, with two other guys or, you know, the good guy finds another bad guy to go up against. I mean, they how many bad guys did Hulk Hogan, you know, wrestle in his career where it took, you know, months to to finally have what they call that blow-off match that, um, you know, that, that would take him on to his next bad guy. I think um, the Martian, you know, the, the real fighters, they obviously watch wrestling because, like we said earlier, Muhammad Ali was a gorgeous George fan. So I think pro wrestling yeah. has a bigger impact on, on entertainment mm-hmm. in general than most people realize. No, absolutely. And, and you know, I... Got and that's boy. when Hulk Hogan, that's when Hulk Hogan brought in Cindy Lauper, you know, rock and wrestling. But Captain yeah, Lil you know, um, Yeah, no, that that was definitely, um, you yeah, know, the, definitely a change in the, in the landscape when they when they, especially when they pair paired up with MTV, a very young MTV, back when they used to actually show music videos. Um, right. You know. You know, it, it was it was, and it, you know, again, it was all about timing. Everything hit right at the right time, and and Mr. Graham was the guy that that you know gets a lot of the credit, you know, for doing all of that. But you know, if you, I, I dare say, if you don't have a guy like Hulk Hogan there, it, it's not as effective as it is. You know, and, and you know, I go ahead. I got two points. Um... Another another example of what I was just saying earlier. Chael Sonnen, he talks about pro wrestling all the time on his on his channel. He's mostly talking UFC, but he's always comparing it to pro wrestling. So the fighters are always talking about pro wrestling or following it, you know, more than you would you know would know. Um, obviously, the bad oh, guy, yeah. the whole that was all Scott Hall's gimmick that he was you know using, and even Hall called him out on it on Twitter. Um, entertaining for sure, Chael Sonnen, but a lot of his, his stick was pro wrestling. Um, yeah, no. And, also the, the and I think... Term, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, just, I think as long as pro wrestling and UFC are kind of running head-to-head, there's always going to be parallels drawn <laughs> between the two, especially at, when you have crossover stars that, you know, like you said, like the Ken Shamrocks and, um, you know, the Dan Severins and the, and the Brock Lesnar's that kind of cross over you know, into those worlds, you're always going to draw those parallels between the two, you know, between the two styles. Yeah, Jake Hager, I mean, he just recently retired from MMA, too, because uh, just not being used in Bellator. But um, Josh Barnett, I think, was a really good example of someone that can do both. He's, he's still doing pro, pro wrestling in, in Japan here and there. Uh he, the youngest UFC heavyweight champion ever had the fortune of uh, training with him. He was pretty cool. Um, and also the follow-up on Rat Boys, uh, fixation on um, midget wrestling, uh, Lucha Libre, Mexico. That's that's the place where you can find it. They, you know, they had oh, the okay. mini divisions. Rey Mysterio, he used that's to wrestle right? in. He probably used to wrestle minis, Rey Mysterio, because he was that small. Oh, wow. I didn't know Lucha Libre did. Because I mean I don't follow it as closely, because um, well, you know it, it's hard yeah. to find it, you know, on television, you know, you know, up and around here. Um, but you know, but to your point to that, you know, the crossover didn't didn't CM Punk do an MMA or UFC style 
fight, you know, in between his stints. Yeah, he had a couple of fights. They didn't really go well for him, but at least he tried it, you know. Wow, yeah, listen, my, my, my hat's off to um to um to those that you know that can do it. Um you know, and listen, there's no, no harm in trying, um and saying, you know, that, that you did it. because um, it does take a special kind of person to do that. Um but yeah, I mean I just wanna touch up, you know, um again while we wrap up the Hulk Hogan discussion, you know, I I do know that when he when they were building towards um, WrestleMania, um, you know, Vince McMahon kind of like mortgaged everything um, <clears throat> towards, um, you know, towards that WrestleMania, kind of cashed it all in. And I mean, you know, he would have really been in a, there probably, if, if WrestleMania wasn't as a, much of a, as a success as it was, you know, Vince McMahon would have, you know, really, would have really taken that one in the ass and would have really bankrupted him. And there wouldn't probably wouldn't be a WWF if WrestleMania one didn't didn't produce like it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another name. Here's another name. Uh, Vern Gagne. You wouldn't have Hulk Hogan without people like Vern Gagne booking Hulk Hogan in, a, in the AWA. Right. No, absolutely. And again, there, you know, you talk about Vern Gagne. There's a guy that was a very good collegiate wrestler. Um, you know that. Um, that transitioned into pro wrestling and yeah, made, made a lot of the stars, you know, it, you know, up in Minnesota, which, you know, in the, you know, especially in the winter, which is not mm-hmm. the, the of environments, you know, he, um, um, took guys like Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, um, you know, and Ken Patera. I mean, the list goes on and on, um, about the wrestlers that he, um, Iron Sheik, that yeah. he played. Yeah, the Iron Sheik. Yeah, I mean, and again, you know, there we go. Iron Sheik The Ultimate Warrior. Did Gandhi train him? I'm not sure, but, you know, he he did fought Hulk Hogan. He was a world class for for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, he was the Dingo Warrior then. Um, I I believe is how, you know, how he started. um, you know, wow. and, um, yeah, the, you know, he, you know, he trained there. I, I just, I, I think the Ultimate had, had, had an okay impact. I, I just think he, you know, you know, I, I, I wasn't really a fan of his work. Um, I think, I think Macho Man had a bigger impact than an Ultimate Warrior. Absolutely. Longevity wise. Yes. No, absolutely. I think so too. Yeah, you know, um, you know, Macho Man definitely, you know, had some, you know, uh, commercialization in him. You know, I, I just, I don't think the the warrior was really into it as, as, as much as, as every, I don't think he was committed to the sport like he should you know, have the been. Gym, you know, the Slim Jim deal could have been Warriors, but uh, just didn't pan out. Interesting. Out. Really? Yeah, that's wow. what I heard. Wow, that 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 could have put a new twist on the Slim Jims. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, Vader, Vader could have been uh, played by Ultimate Warrior as well, as what I heard. But uh, Japan gave it to you know Leon White Vader. I, I I do I do like Vader's um 
Vader's character. Um, you know, I, I do like mm-hmm. the whole persona. I mean, he was a big guy. FWs. Yeah, he, he didn't move like a big guy. Um, I first saw him, you know, in the old AWA um, when he was just Leon White. Leon Baby Bull White, they called him. Um, you know, in the, in the right. I guess early eighties, early to mid eighties, I guess. But again, he just he he didn't move like a big like a big guy. I mean, he was very quick. Um, and I, I think it was was it over in Japan, Steve. Maybe you would, would remember. I don't know if it was him and Stan Hansen, or um, I think it was right. him and Stan Hansen where they where Vader's eye got popped out of his socket. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. And... Got the chance to meet both of them, so it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was an intense moment. Yeah, and 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 he literally he popped it back in and and continued the match, which was like I don't know how many people could that could happen to, and you you kind of continue it. Uh, I, yeah, I would argue that pro wrestlers are sometimes more tougher than the martial artists because, like, Mick Foley would say, you know, he got knocked out in that spell match and had to continue it. He finished the match after being knocked out. You know, the UFC fight, that won't happen. Um, Vader finished the the match with, you know, his eye bulging. Uh, Mick Foley finished the match with, like, most of his ear gone. There's just so many instances where wrestlers, like, finished matches when when they didn't have to. Yeah, no, I mean, and not only did his Foley fall from the top of the cage, but then the cage broke, you know, and he landed on the mat again. And and that was even worse, yeah. Yeah, that was even worse. And I just I can't imagine taking that kind of of abuse and then wanting more and coming back for more, you know. Right. And, and I remember they, they, they when um, Foley was finally, I think, taken to the back, um, Vince McMahon thanking, you know, for what he did, but told him, don't you ever do that again. Like, there's, there, you know, there's no need for that because that, that was definitely, you know, I mean, listen, it was a great match, but, man, he he went through a lot. And I remember The Undertaker telling the story how he was, you know, limping out there on a broken ankle, and he was relying on Mick right. Foley to kind of help him through the match. And here, you know, the, the roles were kind of reversed. Now The Undertaker with a broken ankle has to carry Mick Foley who's, you know, going off the top of the cage, who's going through the cage, and still wants to do more. He kept saying, no, we got to get to the thumbtacks. we got to get to the thumbtacks. And he's like, no, we're done, man. We're, we, you know, we we got to go home, man. It's over. And he's like, no, it ain't over yet. And he just and, kept, uh, you know, he just kept really coming back for more. <clears throat> that that moment, and also Kurt Angle talked uh, recently again, that he had had that match with Brock Lesnar on a broken neck as well. Uh, Mania. Yeah. He like he could have just like not done the Mania match, but he wanted to. He wanted to do it. Crazy. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, there's something to be said, you know. And you know, and I hate to use the word, but people say, oh, you know, well, it's fake. It's this. It's that. <clears throat> Some of it may be true, but you know, Mick Foley falling off the top of the cage. I don't care how well you do it. If he's uh-huh. off, which he wasn't. He was almost off a lot, but he was off a little bit. <clears throat> and, you know, if he doesn't land right, if he doesn't rotate all the way around, there's a lot that goes into these guys when they take falls. It's not as easy as as we think it is. There's a lot <clears throat> that has to happen for this thing to go right, because if, if it goes bad, it goes bad fast. 
and it, it really is right. career ending. You know, so my hats off to their athleticism, their their communication, you know, their ability to to protect one another, you know, and and you know get through a match with, without seriously hurting each other. But Steve, what's your what's your take on the the new the TKO the merger with um, with UFC and WWE? What does that do to the wrestling landscape? How does that change the business, or does it change it at all? Um, I think it'll help cross promote. Maybe more UFC fans were take notice of WWE. Um, I think there's Dana White has said there's there's no way they're gonna like uh, broaden the audience equally. But um, I think it'll I think it'll be interesting. I I think it'll be great if there's MMA coaching in the performance center because there's already wrestlers that do martial arts. But if they could get uh, if they could offer martial arts training in the performance center, I think that would definitely help legitimize the um, the business and, you know, protect yeah. them from, like, let's say, you know, fans that jump the rail or whatever, you know. I think it, I think it's, it could be a, a good thing. It sucks for the people that lost their jobs, obviously, but it could be a, it could be a net gain for um, AEW or Impact to pick up some of those people that were behind the scenes or talent. You know, that lot yeah. of, you know, they, they're spot. Yeah, and, and I and I and I think to, to to that note, I think, you know, like I was saying earlier, although it would feel weird, I think, you know, Shelton Benjamin would be a huge asset, you know, behind the scenes at either Impact or AEW. I think with his knowledge, you know, with his background, his ability, um, I think he'd be a huge yeah. asset, you know, to either one of those promotions. You know, to get him as a you know, as a producer backstage or a trainer or or, you know, whatever you want to yeah. call it. You know, I think that would think be a huge Dolphin, pickup for them. I think Dolph and Shelton definitely underrated uh, huge gut because they can they, – yeah, they, yeah. they have a legitimate background and, and have all those years of experience. Right. No, I, you know, I was surprised with like, – I like Dolph Ziggler. You know, I, again, you know, like you said, I think he was, he was underrated. He was underutilized. Um, you know, I don't think they did enough – with his character, because, I mean, the guy was was a heck of a performer. He was good on the mic, you know, and I think he was a good, you know, a, a good asset to have around. But I guess, you know, TKO, as we, I guess we refer to it now, or WWE, whatever they're calling themselves now, you know, felt differently. Um, and, think, you know, the um, report wasn't as Go ahead. Well, I liked him when he first came in. I was trying to, uh, I didn't like him after that. Why, why, why didn't you like nobody, about him? Nobody likes spirits. Well, well, like he was good when he came in, but all of a sudden he just went downhill and joined the uh, the Hart uh, gang. That was it. I, I couldn't watch it no more with him wrestling. Because he, he had nothing there. He had, he had more than one piece, though. He had the world title win where he cashed in on Del Rio, and he had the... Um, that that Sting debut, I thought that was like Dolph's second peak right there. I thought he was going to get uh, a, more pushes after that because when Sting yeah, showed up, no Dolph pushes. Ziggler won the match for that. Well, yeah, he did. He, 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 of course, he he won yeah. the world title at one point. He, he, yeah. Yes, he was underutilized okay. for most of it, but 
he had he had more than one peak. I would say I thought he could have been used more after the Sting debut, is what I was trying to say because he he had so much momentum following that that match from Survivor Series. Yeah, There's yeah, you're right. Yeah. Too. There's another guy, okay, Paul Man Johnson. Oh, Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, heard, I heard he was a little reckless in the ring though. Like he 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 wasn't as as crisp as they would have liked him to be. You know, for for the product of, of that time. Right, and he was back in the eighties, eighties or nineties, something like that. Nineties, I think. Nineties, I believe. Yeah. Nineties. Yeah, maybe late eighties, nineties, but yeah, I think he was more nineties. But yeah, you know, Ahmed Johnson was. You know, another one that you know could have could have done more, um, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, just didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm not I wouldn't say upset, but I'm a little you know let down that um, that Dolph was let go, that um, that Shelton was yeah. let go, and that some of these other guys I didn't even realize were still on the roster. Like I said, I just you know I I really didn't, but. Um, what are your what are your thoughts on the impact that um, Nature Boy Ric Flair had on the business, Steve? What do um, you think? I think he had some of the best matches of all time. Obviously, uh, I think he was a better wrestler than Hogan. You know, bell to bell. Um, was he the biggest draw? I don't I don't know. I think he would say Hogan was a bigger draw than, than him. But um, I think you know Flair Steamboat. One of the best rivalries of all time, uh, obviously. I think it, it, it still gets compared to the day when you have like Omega, Okada, you know, New Japan. Um, you know, William Ringle, one of my favorites, used to watch player matches, you know, a lot on tape. You know, before Horseman, first like big faction besides uh, world class, you know, they, they used to have, you know, Freebirds and the Von Erics, but Four mm-hmm. Horsemen kind of like set the bar for factions as well. So he, he yeah. influenced those people in the in the Horsemen many times over with the many re- reincarnations of it. And uh, you know, he's I, I, Paul Culture. He's kind of an icon now. He kind of became a bigger icon in later years because of how many you know of his fans became entertainers. You know, and rappers. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I think you know his 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 popularity grew as he got older, um, and and the legend grows, you know, even bigger. Um, but you know, you just think that you know the just all of the things he's been through, um, you know, with the plane crash, it really, I mean, should have ended his career. Yeah, yep. yeah there was there was three of, there was there was three possible fatalities: the plane crash, the lightning strike, and. You know the heart, you know, issues later in life, but like, yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. Well, I think that's one of the stories they give us on Netflix uh, about Ric Flair and the plane crash on Netflix. Yeah, I didn't watch them. Right, I think it was no, on that, that or was it on Peacock? Yeah, but yeah, go, going, else. going back to the original Four Horsemen, you know, again. Rick Flair, you know, was a driving force there. Um, you know, just a great, like you said, great faction. I know we had other times. You had the Freebirds and the Von Erichs down in, in world class. But like you said, I think, I do think that um, 
you know, the Four Horsemen definitely had an impact on what the modern-day faction is now. When you look at, you know, even the Bloodline or the Judgment Day or any of the other factions yep. that have you know, come and gone, that you can all almost connect the dots back to how the Horsemen ran their organization. They had they had a champion. They had the guys surrounding the champion to keep the title around him. And those guys were also champions as well. You know, it, it's eerily you know, close to what the Bloodline was doing with Roman and the Usos when they, they had the world title and the tag team titles. And it's, it's, it seems like very, they it kind of was influencing Involution, too, and why they started that section as well with Triple H, Bautista, and Randy Orton. He, he made those three guys even bigger names, too, just rubbing shoulders with them. And WWE. Oh yeah. So he kind of absolutely. He, he influenced. He influenced every generation. You know, he was still going in the 2000s, 2010s. You know. Uh, yeah. At, in, even in the 2000s, at a high level, I would say, you know, Undertaker kind of revitalized them. You know. The Shawn Michaels of all time. I got a good name. Right. What's that? That that made a big impact. Okay. No other than Bruno Chamotino. Believe it or not, he was next on yeah. my list, Rat Boy. He I was, was going to mention him earlier in the show. Yeah. Now, absolutely, Bruno is definitely at you know at near the top of that list. Um, you know, not only for the the length that he held, you know, the title, you know, but you have all of the the sell. I mean, he owned Madison Square Garden in you know in his career. Um, yep. You know, he held the WWF title um, for, you know, for a total, not not at one time, but a total of 12 years. Um, and he just dominated, you know, everybody. And he, he, he's, he wasn't, he's not big by today's standards, but in his day, he, I mean, he was a big guy. And his, his training regimen was, was second to none. Um, I watched the documentary, I think it was on, um, Amazon Prime, where he would get to Madison Square Garden like early in the morning um, and just run laps and laps around the concourse at Madison Square Garden just to warm up for the um, for the match, you know, for his match coming up. And he would work out for hours, you know, leading into whatever match he had that night. <clears throat> so his training was was you know unbelievable. But, you know, he, he definitely had an impact. He definitely, again, made it cool to watch, you know, pro wrestling. Um, you know, and he really did. I mean, he, he defended his title everywhere. Okay, he also, uh, was an, also an influence on uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. Uh, you know, kind of revealed in that Hall of Fame induction speech. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, and, and, and his life story... His life story is interesting too, given that he was playing a Nazi-occupied you know, territory yep. as a boy. Yeah, they, they talk about that. They talk about him coming, you know, coming to the United States, you know, as an immigrant, um, you know, with really nothing. You know, they they came, you know, with with hardly anything, you know, and and the life that he led coming into, you know, for us, really interesting, you know, and and you know, you know, for a guy that was, you know. Um, to, to be able to do that, you know, have that much drawing power, um, you know, for and for a long, long time, <clears throat> he was, 
Vince McMahon's Hulk Hogan. You know, I know he, he predates Hulk Hogan, but, you know, to put it kind of in perspective, I think he sold out – I forget how many shows in a row that he sold out Madison Square Garden, um, you know, when they had wrestling and he, and he was on the card. Um, and I remember the – I don't remember it, you know, because I saw it, but I remember, you know, hearing about it and um, – reading articles about, you know, when, when Ivan Koloff finally beat him and the, the, you could, they said you could hear like a pin drop in Madison Square Garden when that happened, like, because he never lost or rarely lost at Madison Square Garden. And when that happened, you know, people were, were really, really shocked. And it, it, it almost would be right up there with kind of when Hulk Hogan turned and joined the NWO and had that kind of shock value to it because nobody could believe yeah. it. I got to meet Ivan uh, briefly at a convention, and uh, one of the things that I was hearing a lot after Taker lost to Brock was Heyman saying that it could only be compared to, you know, Koloff and Bruno, how quiet it was when, when Bruno lost to Ivan. And it was kind of right. interesting, what, like, bringing what, it up to, to Ivan. What, what, what kind of guy was Ivan to, to meet? How was he, you know, in person? Uh, he, he's he's very nice. Um, he had like one of the older titles with him. Um, we even brought up the fact that he had that coffin match with uh, Dusty Rhodes. Another yeah, I impact that Dusty Rhodes had. Um, mm -hmm. Undertaker, I think, is is one of my all time favorites. So to, to meet the guy that was in the first coffin match is pretty cool. Yeah, and no, Undertaker oh, was that again. I, I, I'm reading something here, okay? Pure Fly Snooker, okay? Back in 1982. Okay. They're saying that he leaped off the, off the steel case for the first time on Bob Backlund in 1982 at Madison Square Garden when Mitch Foley was watching. No, that was no. Don yeah. Morocco when Nicole was That watching. was Don yeah. Morocco. Yeah, yeah that, that was Don Morocco, yes. That was Don Morocco. Where, where are you getting this information from? Uh, Back in not a reliable thing, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but Jimmy Superfly Snickle was a high flyer, the first high flyer. He, well, he, he was up yeah. there, you know, and again, you know, a guy that kind of, first of all, I mean, you know, he wrestled barefoot, um, you know, yep. which... And, and I believe Antonio Rocco wrestled barefoot as well, but I, I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> or Argentina Rocco, sorry, um, wrestled barefoot, um, which, you know, really wasn't, you know, the <clears throat> the popular thing to do. You know, guys, you know, when they wrestle, they put boots on and, and things like that. But, um, you know, snooker wrestling barefoot. Um, and I still, I mean, I remember almost like it was yesterday with, um, you know, Piper and, and Snooker and Piper's Pit. And they, you know, when they were going over, I think it was in, um, yeah, when it was in um, Piper's biography, um, Snooker told Piper, he's like, you know, hit me as hard as you can, you know, with the coconut. And he's like, you know, are you sure, you know, you sure? He's like, no, absolutely. He's like, you know, we need to, you know, to, to make this work. <clears throat> I remember watching it as a kid. You know, when when that happened, you know, I I thought that you know I thought I was going to witness the the murder of Roddy Piper right on television. Oh, <laughs> because yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. guy that he was going to kill him. 
Everything went down there. Everything went down on that one. Oh, yeah. He the pushed, whole set went the down. The whole set down. went down, everything. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. I think um, he's just beating on that door. Yeah, Steve. I don't, I don't think any talk show, wrestling talk show is topped by percent, really. I mean, I think uh, Jericho maybe is the closest one. And, you know, both them Canadians, you know, the highlight reel. Um, I think a lot of the later on talk shows just aren't, are not as memorable because I think you just, just given the fact that the roster was so was so packed back then in the eighties with so much talent. Oh yeah, there's so much that happened, you know, on on Piper's Pit, and it was revolutionary for WWE. You know, it was, you know, you know, no wrestler had a a a a talk show, you know, on 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 a wrestling program and just the chemistry that Piper had with almost everybody that he worked with and the, the, his ability to <clears throat> to be that antagonist and, you know, and really get under the skin of people, but you could never really quite get your hands on him um, because, you know, Bob Orton was there and, you know, to protect him, you know, it, it really did. I mean, again, you know, he was, he was decades ahead of, uh, of the curve on, on his character and, and, you know, doing what he did for pro wrestling. And he was – it's funny because you, you look at his career and he's one of the few guys that really didn't didn't change who he was. Um, he was Roddy Piper right. in Portland when mm-hmm. he first started. Roddy Piper, you know, in, um, in Mid-Atlantic. You know, he was Roddy Piper in WWF at the time. He was Roddy Piper in WCW. His, his character never really went through a drastic change. Um, nope. You know, he never even, did. Even, even Hulk Hogan went through some changes from when he was younger to um, <clears throat> to the Hulk Hogan that we know you know now. But you know, to, in my and maybe I'm wrong, but in, in my recollection, Piper was Piper his entire career. Um, you know, his persona never changed. Right. His attitude never changed. You know, you know, essentially his gimmick never changed any. Nope, you never say never. That was Piper. You know, he would never yeah. change. You know, and I, I remember saying, you know. In, uh, <clears throat> I see a lot of Piper and uh, CM Punk and uh, John Moxley. I mean, they would talk about, yeah, and, about uh, Piper's influence. Yeah, and, and, I, and, and I see a lot of um, Roddy Piper and, and MJF as well. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and the character did um you know, and I remember Piper saying just when you you know, you have all the answers, you know, hot rod changes the questions and I thought, man, how how arrogant is that, man? Like you know, you, just just the, the the way he carried himself was was, you know, really, you know, next level. I mean, he really did take the art of, you know, talking on the mic and even in the ring, you know, to another level, um, and they were talking about the the boxing match that he had with Mr. T. And of course, I mean Piper's a boxer. I mean he could box. He was an amateur boxer, Golden Glove boxer. So, yes, you know, he was. They, 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 they put heavier gloves he on him. He takes his hands up more. I'm sorry. He was given a martial arts belt by Gene LaBelle too. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, that's, wow. that's probably why Ronda Rousey. That's probably why Ronda Rousey and Piper had the um, 
you know, she was obviously influenced by Piper. She she is the rowdy name, and she was uh, friends with Gene LaBelle as well in real life. So, it, you know, made sense okay. for her to use you know, the ro- the rowdy gimmick. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and you know, it just, you know, he he definitely was, you know, what, you know, one of a kind, and you know, was definitely missed to this day. And you know, again, he's one of them guys that you know we're. You know, long long after we're gone, you know, people will still be, you know, talking about him and influenced, <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me, by him because you know, performers today, stars today, are influenced by him. So his name is never, never going to disappear. I, I... Hello. I think he cut out. Yeah. He probably did. Rapport, you oh, got any shows? Cool. You got any shows coming up? Nah, I don't got nothing. But I'll be going. To, I'll be going to Virginia to <laughs> see my mom and dad get back off the cruise because they're on a cruise now. Now I'm after they get back, I'm going to Virginia for a couple of days. What part of Virginia? Uh, Richmond. How are you? Oh, okay. Whoa. And plus, and plus, I'll be going to uh, Tampa, Florida, the last week in January with my cousin. Yeah, that's right. You, you and Tor are going to party at, at the the Rumble, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Rap boy, when when are you when are you going to Richmond? I'll be there. Um, Sometime next week. I don't know what day we're leaving, but we'll be we'll be going down there. That's in my neck of the woods, by the way. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, Rod hmm. Boy. You know, wow. If, 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 if only if only if only you came a little bit earlier. This, tomorrow tomorrow night there's a bar wrestling show in Richmond. Oh, uh, barroom, barroom entertainment wrestling brew. Right. Oh, a bunch man. Of, a, a bunch of local guys I know, yeah. Oh, nice. Steve, have you yeah, been, have you watched the, um, the Netflix documentary uh, Wrestler? I know Ratboy has. <coughs> but did you get to check no, it out? Yeah, I didn't watch him yet. I didn't watch him yet. Oh, I, I thought you I did. Not, no, not, not yet. yet but I, I've seen posts about it, and because it's El Snow, I do want to watch it, but not yet. I'll have to get back to you on it. But I did, I did see some controversy with um, him dismissing Deathmatch Wrestling and, and the GCW promoter, you know, saying that OVW losing that, you know, X amount of money was not a good decision or whatever. It's kind of interesting seeing the the heat between two promoters. Al Snow being of OVW and uh, Brett Lauderdale GCW kind of yeah, it, uh, it, drama. It's interesting. Even even for I would say even for non wrestling fans, <clears throat> I think it, you know it, it's a very good document. I just finished it up today. Um, it, it's very well done, I think. And again, you know, I like Al Snow, and it's really the only reason I I think I tuned in because of Al Snow. Um, but he did, you know, he did a very good job. I've met him as well, and uh, I think w- uh, one of the more underrated guys from the 90s, for sure. Uh, he t- he oh, came from the ECW period. Uh, I, I, I and met Al Snow. 
Listen to this one. I, I met Al Snow, okay? Right? For a couple times, right? The last time I seen him, he said, Rapper, I need a picture of me and you together. I said, okay. We took a picture, right? I went like this. I want something off you. He said, what? I want a married head. And he started laughing. <laughs> well, it's funny because he addresses his um, lack of po uh, popularity in one of the episodes. And he said he chalked it up to he, – he, he wanted to – he concentrated – he felt like he concentrated too much on having a good match rather than focusing on making his character bigger. You know, he, he wanted he always wanted to have a good match, and that's where you kind of put all of his focus and attention. And he he attributes that to right. some of his lack of success, like where he really didn't make it, you know, to the big you know to the big big level. <clears throat> but you know, he, he's got no regrets. But you know, it shows the the struggles of of running. You know, I don't want to say a small promotion, but <clears throat> really any promotion, um, whether it's big or small, they all kind of have relatively the same issues um, with talent, with production, with promotion, selling tickets. You know, it really is a, uh, it's only seven episodes. And they're about, I think they're like 40 minutes long. I don't think they're an hour long. Um, <clears throat> but it's done really well. And I think you guys, if you I want, you'll enjoy it. I'm going to like it this weekend. The, Go ahead, Steve. I think he also was – I think he was a victim of circumstance, too, given that he was in the period where he had Austin and Rock on top. So there was just too, oh, many, yeah. there was just too many guys, too many top guys during that period. It, it, it's yeah, interesting what it is for sure, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, actually, you know, when I, when I met him, I did ask him, I was like, what makes OVW better than the Performance Center? And he, he wouldn't say that it is. But he kind of explained, you know, what OVW is, and it was kind of neat, kind of talking wrestling with him in that in that situation, just as a as a meet yeah. and greet. You know. Nice, yeah. You know, I, he, he seems like a, um, at least you know in the documentary. I mean, he seemed like a like a, a very relatable guy. Um, all of his you know all of his you know um, performers look up to him. They. Um, you know, they, they they listen and take his advice um, and just seems like a, a very genuine kind of, you know, humble guy. He doesn't seem arrogant. He doesn't seem like he's a prick or anything like that. Um, but seems very, very humble and very thankful for, you know, the years that he spent in the ring and, and you know, his ability to, to you know, entertain people. And I didn't realize that because, you know, I, I, I like to also know whether he was a good guy or a bad guy, but, you know, the whole head gimmick, he was supposed to be like a, a psychotic kind of bad guy, but you know it, it didn't work as a bad guy because the fans were cheering him. So the the whole character yeah. kind of backfired on this man, but they went with it. They they used it, you know, and 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 made him a good guy out of it, which was great to see. You know, someone I thought could have been similar in a similar role. I thought Kip Sabian from AEW. When he, did, when he did the paper bag over his head, it was such a stupid thing. But I thought if they kept it going, it could have been more popular, you know, if they kept it going and, and made him a sympathetic baby face. Because um, Al was kind of like the weird, relatable character in ECW. And I thought Kip Sabian could have been that, but they, they, you know, they scrapped the whole bag gimmick. I know Cody Rhodes right. is something similar in WWE, but... Um, it's 
it just it just shows you that a lot of the stupid stuff in wrestling is what gets popular. Like Nick right. Foley and the yep. sock puppet. You know. Yeah. You know, who, who would have thought Mr. Sacco would have been as popular as I got a good topic for next week. What's that? A good topic. Let's do the unusual matches. Next week. Unusual matches. Hey, I think we I think we can do a little bit on unusual matches. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. Yeah, because we never talked about unusual matches. The bizarre no, we, matches, no, we have, you know. And unusual matches from locations, anywhere, you know what I'm saying? I got you, yeah, from location or, or gimmick-type matches, you know. Yeah. Stipulations off Yeah, no, that yeah, we could definitely definitely do something like that. You know, that would be an interesting yeah. topic. Yeah. And, you know, let's see what kind of response that's you know, that that's a pretty good topic. See, Rap Wave Rose Why you come up with a good idea, man. You really do. Yeah, I was thinking about that all day today, you know. I said maybe next week we should do unusual matches. Find out what we come up yeah, with. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and, and I'll be willing to talk anything kind of you know, wrestling related. Um, um, you know, whatever, whatever you guys want to talk about. You know, uh, you know, I'm down with it. Yeah, there's 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 a lot to, to dig in there. Right. No, absolutely, um, it is. One one that pops off my head. There's so many death matches that are weird. Antonio Noki had an island match with uh, Masaido, I think. That was kind of like one of the earlier uh, pre-taped death matches, you know, Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler and the arena match. So there's a lot to talk about next week. Yep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of them there. I think I'm going to wrap it up a little early tonight. I had a long day yesterday and and not really looking forward to a – a long night tonight, but we're probably going to wrap it up early. Rap, will you say you don't have anything going on? Uh, I don't, Other than going I'm not to the doing anything except for sitting here at my mom and dad's house watching their dog when they come back. Next week sometime I'll be in, uh, in, in uh, Virginia with my cousin. And I just want to say <laughs> thanks to everybody for the prayers and all because I went to the funeral today. So everybody that I had to see, you know, we're we're yep. all friends now, you know. But gotcha. Put it this way, show I see I saw the pictures. You're looking good, brother. And I hope when you come back in the ring, make sure the first match is with me. Yeah. A warm up match. There you go. Oh yeah, a little. A little but he looks um, good now. He looks good now. He looks a lot skinnier. <laughs> And he no, looks, he, yeah, he looks good. And we just continue to pray for his, you know, his recovery and, you know, coming back yeah. from his illness, you know, and again, you know, that he, you know, gets back here just as soon as he's able, you know, and, you know, like I said, we're just keeping his feet warm until he gets back. So, you know, we look forward to his return. Um, Steve, what do you got going on? You said something about brew wrestling. What, when is that again? Yeah, there's, there's show tomorrow night, doors open at 6. Shows at seven. It's a uh, barroom entertainment wrestling or a uh, brew for short. Um, Timmy Timmy Danger, I think, kind of put this together in Richmond at this uh, bar. So it's 
pretty cool that uh, wrestling is back in Richmond and uh, yeah, Brew, they're kind of more based in Hampton, Virginia, so it's kind of cool that they're up in Richmond tomorrow night. So definitely looking forward oh, to Brew. Nice, yeah. So you know, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Maybe check it out when, when I'm down that way next. Hey, I can time it. Right? Steve, uh, on, Steve. Look me up on Facebook. All right, as soon as I get down here, uh, we got to hook up. Oh, uh, I know. I, I, it's Chris. I know. I know your handle on Facebook, Chris Perez. Okay. Yep. But, you know, All right, my, guys. My real name is Chris. Everybody, okay? Now there. Yeah. At least that tonight. Right. All right, guys. Well, thanks for calling in. It was a great show. I appreciate all your input. Um, don't forget to check us out on Tuesday night with Brady Hicks in the room. Actually, ECWA Hall of Famer Brady Hicks um, with, on in the room um, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Um, I'm not sure what I'll be talking about, but we'll be talking wrestling, and I'm sure a lot, you know, a lot will be going on between now and, and next week. Probably more more releases, more firings or, or whatever, um, and a lot more wrestling between now and then that we can talk about. So, again, it's um, Tuesday night at 9 with Brady Hicks on in the room, and then next week we'll be right back here um, talking unusual matches, um, WCW Retro at 9 o'clock. Again, thanks, everybody, for calling in. Everybody be safe, and have a great night. Appreciate it. Bye-bye, everybody. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Nick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, 
Give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, if you rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by tenor or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.